All right, so today is, as I mentioned a couple times, last Sunday of 2019. We're going into 2020. It's exciting. It's, uh, it's a little alarming. Um, it's alarming because, because I'm, I'm starting to get to the age where I c- there's a lot more that I can reflect on. And I'm like, oh, like New Year's used to come and, and go, and it was like, whatever. It was like, cool, New Year, yay, why does everybody celebrate it? Now I'm like, I remember all of the other ones I celebrated. And it's becoming more, and, and so it's alarming. Um, because 2005, I worked for Sony. Um, I worked at the Sony store in Upper Canada Mall. And I, I, was, I was thinking about this this week. I used to sell 24-inch standard definition tube TVs. Now, there are people in this room right now that have no idea what that is because they're just like, what is a tube TV? Why would anybody have a TV that weighs over 200 pounds? <laughs> like, why? Why would you have a TV that's so, front, that's so front heavy that if you touch it on the top, it might just fall on you and crush you to death? Um, like, why would you do that? But anyways, I used to sell these things, and I realized that, that my kids, you know, they've got no idea. They've never, they've, they've never really seen a tube TV. They have no idea what it is. And, they're, and then I realized they're like teenagers that have never seen tube TVs. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Um, Boxing Day just happened. Did anybody do any, just show of hands, did anybody do any Boxing Day buying and shopping? A couple? Okay, wow. So we did. We got to go to, uh, we got to go to Sleep Country. <laughs> it's good, right? Another thing stating my age. When would you go to Sleep Country on Boxing Day? Like, seriously. Um, but it was great, and we got, we got some good pillows, and Val likes hers. Um, so, so Boxing Day is a lot of fun. We, uh, in, in our culture, I've actually been doing, because I'm doing a series on Christmas in Canada, and I was like, we're after Christmas, so what am I going to talk about? I actually wanted to look into Boxing Day. I wanted to figure out what Boxing Day is. Why do we have Boxing Day? Because I had an assumption coming into this research that Boxing Day is the day that we pack up all our boxes and we put them on the curb. Right? That is Boxing Day. You take all the packaging and you put it out on the curb, and that's why we have Boxing Day. I found out that I'm wrong. It's not the thing of Boxing Day. And so I was like, okay, so, so what is it and, and what happened? But before I get into that, I actually have a, 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 an enjoyable Boxing Day memory. Um, I am an extrovert. Um, I really like being around people. I'm very similar to Ethan Voss. Um, <laughs> and so... I just love being around people. I, I enjoy it. And, and people, when they're all, like, frenzied, to me is just, like, so much fun. Like, I love being at, like, big sporting events where there's, like, 50,000 people. And I was like, the, the energy here is so awesome. And I'm, like, just absorbing energy. I'm like, this is awesome. And I love being in a mall on Boxing Day, especially in 2005. So 2005, I worked for Sony. And we had to show up on the morning of Boxing Day at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. was when we got to open up the, the manila envelope 
that showed us our price list for everything that was coming out and all of the deep discounts on all the electronics. And then we got to go around the store and we got to put these amazing prices on everything. Like they're prices that we know what the store paid for them because we were salespeople and we always had that, that number that we weren't allowed to go under. And these prices were actually under these numbers. On top of that, Sony had money to give away apparently because they were like, our employees still get their employee discount on top of all these Boxing Day prices. Our employee discount at that time was 55% off. So we're just so excited about Boxing Day. We show up at 5 a.m. We didn't care about anything that was going to happen in a couple hours. We wanted to get our shopping done. And so, like, I got, I still have this Sony, Sony uh, uh, stereo system that, that I got. It was a five-disc stereo system, um, and it had wooden speakers. It's one of the last wooden speaker st hi-fi stereo systems that Sony ever made because they started going to these, like, little speakers. Um, and it... It's got great sound. I got it for like 50 bucks. It was a $400 system. And I was like, yes! So it was really, really cool. I was so excited. I still have it, actually. It's, it's, uh, it's at my place right now. And it was just so exciting. And then we opened the door, and we had a lineup of 55 people lined up outside the door of the Sony store waiting to come in and buy stuff from us. I think I sold something close to $13,000 of merchandise at Boxing Day prices, and just like, I was just flying around the store, so much energy. This is what Boxing Day was to me, because it was, I don't know, it's just so much fun. I was begging Valley yesterday, can we please go to the mall? She's like, why? I'm like, Boxing Day. Well, it wasn't yesterday, it was on Boxing Day. Can we go to the mall? Boxing Day, I want to go. And uh, yeah, so it was just a ton of fun. As I said, Boxing Day isn't about that. Um, the, uh, the, the real reason, uh, well, actually, I'm going to get into the text, and then I'll get to what Boxing Day is. So today we're going to read a seemingly random text um, until we start learning what Boxing Day is. So we're going to read Acts chapter 10, 1 to 8. You can find it on your tablet in the pink uh, today's service. It says, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, of what was known as the Italian cohort. A devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. At the ninth hour of the day, he, clearly, he saw clearly in a vision the angel of God come and say to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send a man to Joppa and bring one Simon, who's called Peter. He's lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel spoke to him, departed. He called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attend him. And having related everything to him, they sent them to Joppa. Boxing Day... Um, oh, sorry. There, there was... What we saw in this passage is... Um, is that alms, giving of alms, is an endorsed spiritual practice. Uh, my wife and I, we went down to a show yesterday, and we saw Annie um, at a converted uh, United Church. The, the United Church converted into a theater. And we saw Annie there. And when we were leaving, we, uh, 
well, actually, on, on the way there, we had seen some people holding signs, and my daughters were in the back of the car saying, why are these people holding signs? And we were like, well, they're homeless. They're asking for, for money. And, and then when we left, uh, there was a man that, as, as Aaliyah put it, he didn't even have a proper coat on. That was her, that's a quote from Aaliyah. He didn't even have a proper coat on. And, uh, and he asked me for change. Now, I don't carry cash at all, so I gave my standard response. I'm sorry, I don't carry cash. And just walked by the man, because that's what you do when you're walking in Toronto. But it's not what my wife does. And she says, one minute, I, I think I have some change. And so she, she pulls out her change and, you know, or pulls out her wallet and pulls out a whole bunch, like her whole wallet and opens it up and wrestling through and finding change. And, and she gives the man, she gives the man some money. And, uh, and I was like, huh, all right, you went up to me. Cool. That's good. But it was good, and, and it was good, and I'm, and I'm thankful that that happened. See, giving alms is endorsed as a spiritual practice, and it's a Canadian culture. We don't actually do it often. In fact, our cultural narrative said not to do it. Our cultural narrative says that we should not give alms, and we shouldn't just give money to the poor because they're going to, here's the, here's the line that I've heard all growing up and, you know, in different contexts all over the place, but the, the not true line is, oh, they're just going to spend it on alcohol. Spend some time with a homeless person. That is not where the majority of their money goes. Um, but it's a good thing. Giving alms gets God's attention. When we read this passage here, this was really interesting. We see that, that a devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the people. And then when the angel approaches him, the angel gives him reason. The angel says, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Sometimes we overlook that. Sometimes we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, God just wants to hear our heart. God just wants to hear our prayers. Your prayers and your alms. So what are alms? Alms are a giving to a person in need. That's what alms are. It's a giving to a person in need. And so this is, this is really important. Um, when we look at Boxing Day, now I'm at the Boxing Day point. When we look at Boxing Day, we actually learn, or I learned, and hopefully you'll be able to learn today, that there's a bigger story behind Boxing Day. Boxing Day actually has, there's only five countries in the world that celebrate Boxing Day. Five. They're all associated with the United Kingdom. Um, and so, so what is it and where did it come from is... It was eye-opening to me and kind of like, oh, we need to understand this as a church. So there's this historic story behind Boxing Day. And it actually comes, it's actually expressed best in an old Christmas carol that hardly anybody sings anymore. In fact, I don't even know if everybody in this congregation would know it. Maybe some people do and some people don't. But the Christmas carol is Good King Wenceslas. Does anybody know that Christmas carol? All right. So... That's the, that's the story, Good King Wenceslas. And what's, what's happening in that story is there's a king who is going out on the Feast of Stephen, which is December 26th. Um, the Feast of Stephen was celebrated as a feast where people consider and do 
good things for poor people, for people who were in need. And so the king went out on a cold winter night with his page, and he walked um, a good distance, and there was a man who was tiring, uh, who was tire, tires, or tirelessly um, cutting down trees for wood. And, and he, was, he was clearly uh, a poor man. And so the king asked the page, where does this man live? And, and the, the page said, he lives over by the mountain. And so the king says, as our good deed, we're going to go over by the mountain and we're going to, have, we're going to provide dinner and have dinner at his place, wherever he is. And uh, as the story goes on, the king actually asks the page and the man to walk in his footsteps so that they don't tire and they, they're able to be brought home safely. And so it is the story of a good king who did good deeds on the Feast of Stephen. This is where our origin of Boxing Day comes from. The idea that on the 26th, on the Feast of Stephen, you are going to go and do good deeds for people who are less fortunate than you. You're going to go give gifts. You're going to, to go and, and do something good. It doesn't explain the, the name of it yet. So what happened is as this tradition continues to build, um, and it built in Canada as well, the church would start to reflect the second century church. Now, when I was studying uh, some of church history, the, we looked at what happened in North Africa in the second century um, and, and what a church service would look like. And there's actually a whole dialogue written um, on ancient paper or, or uh, papyrus, and it was, it was written about what a service would look like. And the way that that service would happen was the people would come and they would, they would sing some songs and then they, would, um, then they would read the scripture and read the gospel, and then they would start to have discussion, and then everybody would give money. The money was brought up to the front of the room because it was in a house, and the money was brought to the front of a room, and it was divided into even piles. And the piles were wrapped in bags, wrapped in little money sacks, and then there were elders of the church that were sent out from service while service is still happening to go to the poor people who were connected with the church who were not able to come. And they would go and they would drop alms off at the people's houses. And that was the way that, this, that the second century church in northern Africa um, situated itself. That's the way it worked. So what they did with Boxing Day on the 26th and actually through the Christmas season is they had more established churches, larger buildings, cathedrals. We're dealing with Canada. We're dealing with, with a, a more modern age. And when people would come to church, they would come and they would drop their almsgiving into a box, either right outside the church or just inside the church. And it would just come, and over the Christmas season, that alms box would fill up. And so on Boxing Day, the priest or the, or the pastor would come and they would open up the box, they would unbox it, and they would separate out the almsgiving into, into just equal amounts, and they would send it out to the poor families connected to the church. And so Boxing Day has a very church-driven tradition built on almsgiving. And I was blown away. I had no idea that we're one of the five countries that celebrates an almsgiving tradition. 
now we are very far removed from that. That's not something that we really think of in terms of, of Boxing Day. I've never heard that before. I don't know if any, has anybody in this room heard that before? There's a couple. Okay, good. So um, it's something that, we've, that, that, has been, that has been found out. It is all still, still there. It's all just research. And, and so this is the name comes from these boxes that were opened up to give alms to the poor. So where does this come from? Because almsgiving has kind of been lost in the church. We don't really do almsgiving well. Uh, in fact, there's, there are books written by church people that are titled, you know, When Giving Hurts. You know, and, and you're just like, and it's all about how you shouldn't give money um, to people because it hurts them. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what I did is I started looking in scriptures. And this is, this is a challenge. In, in a whole giving season, it's a challenge to say, well, wait a second. What does that leave me with? Where, where, do, where do I go? So Psalm 41 is actually a lament. We've, we've talked about laments a couple times before. A lament is this, this heart cry to God where things aren't going right. And the person is complaining to God that things should be going right. The person who wrote this lament, if you read the entire psalm, is actually very sick. And, uh, and, and they're, they're, in, they're just in, in bad shape. Uh, it says that a deadly thing is poured out on him, and he will not rise again from where he lies. It's verse 8. Uh, even my close friend whom I trust, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. And the cry to God in verse 10 is, but you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up that I may repay them. I say that because this person who is in the worst shape, they are on their deathbed. This is what they start the psalm with. Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the wills of the enemy. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In illness, you restore him to full health. What's going on here is that the psalmist is recognizing a link between almsgiving and God's blessing. The psalmist is saying, there's something here that's happening. When I give alms to a poor person, God blesses. It isn't like I, I give alms to a poor, poor person to get God's blessing. It's simply, I give alms to a poor person and God blesses. This is what happens. He's banking his life trust on this, saying, this is what we do. So kings, this was actually written um, by King David. So it's, he's like, got a sickness, he's dying, and he's like, but I give alms. This is what I'm banking on, that I care for the poor. And, and so the encouragement that came out of my research in this is, is why we need to give alms. Why do we need to give alms? Why have we given it up as a culture, and what has that done to us? And I feel like one of the first things it's done to us, and I'm going to get to my first point in a second, but I feel like one of the first things it's done to us is it's detached us from the suffering of others. It's detached us and made us say, like, oh, yeah, we're good, and we can ignore the fact that there are 10,000 homeless in Toronto right now. 
We, we could just ignore that. But when we give alms, we actually remember, oh yeah, there are people that don't have the same blessings that I have. And it connects us with a, with a reality. It connects us with, with a sense that, you know, life isn't all just plain roses. Why we need to give alms, though, starts in Matthew 6, 2 and 4. And, and Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. It's in a little bit of a criticism. Um, and so he's talking to the Pharisees, and, and, and he's like, yeah, this is, this is what you do. Um, if I can find it, you guys already have it on your tablet. Um, but it says, thus, when you give to the needy, it's not if you give to the needy. Jesus is assuming that this is what you do. When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they might be praised by others. They've fully received their reward. But when you give to the needy, then don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving may be in secret. Sorry, Val. So your giving can be in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. When you give to the poor, Jesus actually makes the assumption that this is part of the culture of the church. This is part of a culture of his culture, of the Jewish people, but when Jesus says it like that, it actually should be something that's, that's assumed for the church. And sadly, in our church culture, we haven't reflected this well. We do some soup kitchens. Sometimes we do some, some giving to Salvation Army, who does reflect it well. Um, but we really, you know, it's like, where did it go? Where did this spiritual discipline of almsgiving go? And, uh, and honestly, it's partly because church pastors haven't pushed it as a spiritual discipline. So that's just where it is. See, it also reflects how we treat God. This is interesting to me. We give alms because in our almsgiving, it reflects how we treat God. Matthew 25 is a very powerful passage story of like people who thought that they were doing all the right things and 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 getting it right and God's like yeah you didn't get it right I didn't even know you so it's a whole story about final judgment I started in verse 41 he's he Jesus gathered every every human to himself and he's separating them left and right you know um and uh and he says he says to the people on his left he says, the reason why I don't, why I'm saying leave, get the reason. He says, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Whew, good sermon. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not welcome me. I was naked, you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, you did not visit me. And they will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and thirsty and naked and sick? And we didn't minister to you. Then he will answer to them, saying, Truly, 
I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least in your society, or to the least of these, you did not do it to me. The, when we elevate the poor, when we alleviate suffering, we treat God differently. This is how we treat God. See, in our culture, we struggle with something called entitlement. Now, I'm sick of the word, but entitlement is something that happens. Entitlement is like, oh, I deserve this. I am worth this. This is mine. Jesus, who actually was entitled to everything. Philippians chapter 2 says that Jesus was, he had all the glory, everything going for him. And he who was entitled to everything gave all of it up to become like us. He said, all of my wealth, all of my glory, all of my position matter nothing, and I give it up, and I become like you guys. And we distinguish ourselves from the poor. We are people who are firmly in the middle class or wherever. And we say, nope, we don't need to give ourselves up for the least of humanity. We don't need to sacrifice ourselves for the least of these. And God says, you don't understand me. You don't understand me. If you can't give to the poor, you don't understand me. Because you were naked, and you were poor, and you were wretched, and you were broken, and you were alone, and I gave myself for you. And so this is really interesting that on Boxing Day, of all days, that's when the church decided this is where we want to practice this. And so... It shows us also how we understand God. So this is Romans chapter 5. shows us how we understand God. It kind of builds on the, same, on the same vein. But Romans 5. Nobody likes to preach on this one. So... We've got this story of Ananias and Sapphira. And they're giving up everything. These guys are great. Ananias and... Oh, I'm in Acts. Ananias and Sapphira are great. Um, and, and the passage I'm looking at is in Romans. But Ananias and Sapphira are great because there are, no, there are a couple other people that are, that are giving up uh, everything. And they try to give up everything for their own benefit. And God's like, nope. That's not it. But Romans 5, 6, and 8 says, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person might, one might dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still a person that was broken, while we were still unable to afford being in the presence of God, while it was barred from us, 
God said, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to come and I'm going to give for you who are poor. So when we give to the poor, when we give to the poor, we actually start to show that we understand God. So I wonder, I wonder if we revived some personal tradition. So now we know the backstory. What happens if on Boxing Day next year, we, we make almsgiving a tradition? What happens if while we go out and if we go shopping and if we go somewhere, that we put a little bit of extra change in our pockets? That we say, you know what, I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to find a homeless person. I'm going to find someone who is in need. Maybe I already know somebody who is in need. And I'm going to give to the poor. No matter my situation, I'm going to practice the spiritual discipline because Jesus commands it. It reflects how we treat God. And it shows how we understand how God treats us. I mean, maybe we should do this all throughout the year as well. Maybe giving to the poor isn't actually about the poor. But maybe it's about us. Maybe it's about our, our entitled perspective. And maybe this is an action that fights against our entitled perspective. Maybe it's something where we go, okay, maybe I should keep a, a toonie or a couple loonies in my pocket and give freely and generously to people who I think maybe it doesn't, they don't deserve it. Like, I mean, I, I, sorry, I didn't say that out loud. I'm sorry, that's not what we really think. So, here's a question. Does giving alms to a poor person ever hurt them? The short answer is no. The short answer is no, it doesn't. I've read studies. I've read arguments about the way that it, it keeps them in their poverty and it makes it so that they just... No. It doesn't. See... Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. I don't have time for it. Just... It doesn't hurt them the way that people argue that it does. It also, if we don't give to the poor, it deprives us of the blessing of God. It deprives them of an immediate need being met. So when it comes to giving, I would like to challenge our thinking and say giving to the poor is always good. It's always good. When it's somebody who is in need, it is always good to give. And so I believe that this comes out of Boxing Day. I believe that this is what Boxing Day originally was. And once again, a, hol a, a, a strong tradition became a hollow tradition in our culture where children come up to believe that Boxing Day is about packing all the packaging and putting it on the curb, putting it in blue boxes of all things. And so it's much bigger than that. So I'm going to invite Pastor Devin up and I'm going to pray. God, it's challenging. We just came out of a season of giving. We came out of, we gave everything. We, we, we sacrificed. Some of us gave on our credit cards so that we could give good gifts to our children. Some of us gave, you know, more than we make in a, in a whole week. And we gave it to our kids and to our family members, and we, and we were generous. And then, and then we hear a service that says, you know, Boxing Day is about giving to poor people and giving alms. And so... 
God, at this time, when you challenge us with something like this, I pray that we would find places in our hearts where, where next time we see a person who is homeless, that something like this would come up into our minds and we would say, you know what, maybe, maybe I should be giving. Maybe there is something that, that is happening here where I can understand more of God. So God, I pray that we wouldn't give in an empty way, but I pray that we would remember that you gave us everything. And then we give and understand your heart a little bit more. In Jesus' name, amen.